It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios. In Lake George, New York, I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy. Go up to Amazon.com or uh, BarnesandNoble.com. That's it. That's what the show is being brought to you by. All right. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, first and foremost, I want to uh, uh, get into uh, some of the fights that took place uh, last weekend. This, or let me let me just say this past weekend. Um, in in uh, the heavyweight division, there was a fight on uh, ESPN uh, Plus um, with uh, uh, F.A. Ajagba, uh took on uh, Joe Goodall. Um, you know, uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, first of all, I want to say, uh, give a shout out to everybody in the chat room. Uh, I'm going to say uh, a collective uh, good evening to everybody uh, because obviously it's hard for me to, you know, talk and do the show and, and uh, tech, uh, you know, uh, type and do all those things. I, you know, I'm an old man, you know, but uh, uh, anyway. Um, you know, I, we talked about it last week about how uh, every promoter uh, is kind of aligned with a different uh, network or streaming service. Well, this past weekend was a good example of it um, because on ESPN Plus we had uh, a heavyweight fight uh, that uh, uh, was pretty uh, – I was looking forward to it, you know. Uh, wasn't that competitive. Um, uh, Effie Ajagba uh, uh, scored a fourth-round stoppage over Joe Goodall uh, to improve to 19-1 uh, with 14 of his wins coming by knockout. Took place in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Um, uh, they had a, a, a pretty good crowd there. Uh, Joe Goodall, uh, a fighter who uh, uh, fought Ajagba in the amateurs, uh, but by uh, no stretch uh, of the biggest imagination uh, is in the same class of uh, uh, but, you know, with that said, uh, this is a guy that uh, everybody's saying, oh, he, you know, he's he's there. He's there. He's not there. Um, I, you know, I, I, my notes on him uh, was, uh, uh, you know, every time he threw his right hand, he dropped his left. And, and I mean, it was almost like they were connected. And the way he's delivering his right hand, uh, he's wide open for a counterpunch, uh, most likely like a looping uh, punch or, or an overhand right. Any of the top heavyweights that we talked about will expose this. Um, his footwork is piss poor. I mean, it's it's he was stumbling over his own feet. He reminded me of uh, Deontay Wilder, to be honest with you. Um, terrible footwork. And, um, and, and his defense was bad. You know, even when his hands were up, there were some times when he kept his hands up. Um, but those were the times he got hit. Those were the times Goodall was able to get through his defense uh, and and hit him. Uh, you know, I, I, despite all of this, I, I do think uh, he has a, a really good jab, and his uppercut is pretty sneaky. You know, uh, at least it looked sneaky against Goodall. 
Um, I, you know, I, I, I think he's still a work in progress. And, and this goes back to what I was saying uh, last week and what I've been saying for years is the fact that, you know, they're coddled so much that their level of opposition that they face never gets that much better. So how are you going to get better? You know, it's the same analogy. If the worst uh, football team played the best football team week in and week out and beat their butts every single week, are they that good? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the, 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 the other thing I noticed about the broadcast was the broadcast team. All right. Um, I mean, Bernardo Osuna, you know, Osuna, you know, I, I know he knows this stuff, but, you know, he, the, the, when he, t- uh, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? If I was going to say a name, let's just say, uh, uh, you know, Juan Saul Antonio uh, Cesar Lopez Rodriguez. If I was going to say Juan Saul Antonio Cesar Lopez Rodriguez, because that's a long name, right? I, that's the way I would say it, just like that. You know, I would just say Juan uh, Saul Antonio Cesar Lopez Rodriguez, right? Not Bernardo. Bernardo would say Juan Saul Antonio Cesar Lopez Rodriguez. You know, it's like, come on, man. Come on. I mean, is that really called for? I mean, every time, you know, uh, he just never stops. And, and Mark Kriegel, um, please, you know, and Bradley, Timothy Bradley, is the only guy that I can stand. I mean, who, who doesn't like Timothy Bradley? But he really showed that he's a company man uh, when he said that uh, uh, he made a comment about uh, a Jogba, and he says, uh, uh, you know, he's going to make some noise in a heavyweight. He's right up there with the heavyweights. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know uh, exactly. I can't recall exactly what he said, but it, it was ridiculous, you know. Like, uh, oh, he said he's the real deal in the heavyweight division. <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, I, you know, if we had a bunch of heavyweights like a Jabba and they were all fighting each other, man, would we have a good uh, good heavyweight division. But unfortunately, uh, that doesn't happen. But uh, anyway, that was uh, a fight on uh, ESPN Plus if you're a fan of Top Rank. Now, if you're a fan of uh, Eddie Hearn uh, and his promotional team, then you were watching The Zone, right? And uh, IBF Super Featherweight Champion Joe Cordina uh, improved to 17-0 and with nine knockouts when he fought... Uh, a hard 12-round majority decision over Edward Vasquez, who drops to 15-2 and two with three knockouts uh, at the Casino di Monte Carlo in uh, Monte Carlo. Um, I thought it was a great fight, to be honest with you. It was uh, uh, tough and gritty. The scores were uh, 114-114, and two judges had it 116-112. Uh, I-, I loved it. It was, it was action. Um, I personally thought it was a draw, too. I, I scored that fight 114-114. Um, you know, I, I didn't think it was justified that uh, Vasquez uh, really complained uh, using the word robbery and everything else. I, I don't think uh, that the fight was by any means a, a robbery, but uh, but I do believe it was honestly a draw. Um, and uh, I think that, uh, I, I don't know, I'd like to see it again, but uh, I, I would think Cordina, uh, who said after the fight he's looking for big money fights right now, um, I don't think he would want any any part of Asquez. Um, so uh, uh, and, and then and then the other fight on that card 
was uh, pretty much a guy that was, give, including myself, gave him no chance, Adrian Carell. Uh, he knocked out and won the IBF uh, uh, World uh, Junior Flyweight uh, title from uh, Siv. Uh, 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 and again, I'm going to, I apologize now, but uh, not Shinga, uh, who drops a 12 and 1, second round, a minute and nine seconds of the second round. Uh, I, I have a comment about the British commentary on that fight, at least uh, the what I watched. Um, you know, I love, I, I, I really love the Brits and, and I love uh, the the UK. And I really, honestly, I've been saying this for years. I, I think my show, this show uh, would be great in England uh, because I love the, the fan base and, and, you know, just boxing in general in England. But I don't know if any of you, people out there are as old as me and can remember but the commentary reminded me of the great scottish uh race car driver jimmy stewart when he was calling the races i mean i, I don't know if you've ever heard of it i mean this was a guy that you know would make the, uh, a car going into a turn sound like you know it, it was the greatest thing ever and and uh, you know one of the commentators sounded just like him I, if i had my eyes closed and uh, uh, somebody said, who's this? I, I would have said uh, Jimmy Stewart, I, I mean, easily. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, some other fights that took place this past weekend uh, on a pay-per-view. Now, now again, th- th- this is what's how, how the fight game goes now, right? Uh, you either got to buy a, a uh, streaming service uh, based on the promoter you like, or you're going to pay to watch a fight. Uh, the sport of boxing uh, fleeces their uh, fans more more than any other sport. Uh, but Don King, yeah, yeah, that Don King, the same guy, um, he put on uh, a, a decent card. Um, the vacant WBC cruiserweight title was on the line. Uh, Noel uh, Michelin, uh stopped uh, a former champion, which kind of surprised me, uh, Junior McAboo, uh, in, in that fight. Uh, it was waved off uh, at uh, uh, one minute um, in, uh, uh, what round was it? Uh, third round. It was waved off uh, after uh, the beating he was taken. Um, on the undercard, uh, a couple of heavyweights uh, trying to make a name for themselves. Jonathan uh, Guidry improved to 20-1 and one with two draws with 12 of his wins coming by knocked out, knockout, uh, beat uh, and uh, stopped Jesus Escalera. Uh, in second, in the second round, uh, Escalera dropped to uh, nineteen and one, losing for the first time. Uh, a right hand uh, put him down uh, at uh, two minutes. Escalera, forty-three years old, though. Just saying. Uh, Cassius Cheney improved to twenty-three and one with sixteen knockouts when he knocked out. And, and you know, it's funny that they actually say this. Okay, this this is how bad it's become for the WBA, but. Former WBA regular heavyweight champion, uh, Trevor Bryan, a guy who hates to train. Uh, my man Dax Khan, who, who was part of the show, and hopefully we'll get him on uh, moving forward too, uh, knew him as an amateur, worked with him as an amateur, and called it from day one how the kid hated to train. Uh, he did pick up that, that trinket uh, and then lost it, uh, and he got beat again. Uh, in that fight, uh, just to name a, a couple of fights that took place this past weekend. All right, let's get an update. Tyson Fury against Francis Naganu, the rematch. It's coming, mm, but 
uh, I wonder when, you know. Listen, I've heard some rumors coming out of the Tyson Fury camp. Um, now, some of the rumors that I had heard was that Fury was going to fight Nuganu in the cage, in a cage match under uh, special modified MMA rules, which I, I think would be a, a total uh, mistake. And, uh, you know, Eddie Hearn chimed in uh, about that as well. Uh, so don't count on that happening. I, I know a lot of MMA fans out there think that, uh, you know, oh, well, since uh, Nagano stepped in the ring with Tyson Fury as a boxer, now Tyson Fury will step in uh, the cage with, uh, with Nagano. That will never happen. And, and if it did, uh, Nagano would, would absolutely destroy uh, Tyson Fury. Um, I, I just think that, you know, when you look at a guy like Nagano, and, you know, the physical shape and condition that he's in, uh, which, uh, you know, is conducive to uh, the MMA. And, and then you look at Tyson Fury, who isn't in that good a shape uh, in terms of chiseled body and, and you know, uh, fluid motion and stuff like that. Now, what Tyson Fury does is he's a boxer. He can jab. He's got great defense. Uh, he's uh, found some pop in his punches uh, over his last several fights. Um, so when that rematch happens, um, it's uh, it's going to be in the in the squared circle. Now, some rumors uh, added a camp is that uh, at a Tyson Fury's camp, and you heard it from uh, you know uh, uh, his co-promoters uh, Warren and 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 also. Uh, Bob Arum, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, I don't know why so many people are, are giving him a hard time uh, about canceling the Usyk fight. You know, he was in a harder than expected fight. His he needs time to heal and blah, 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 which, uh, you know, we all knew that was going to happen. I mean, anybody that watched that fight knew that uh, the fight against Usyk uh, was not going to take place December 23rd. Uh, like we talked about last week, it's uh, uh, tentatively scheduled for early February 2024. I think last week I said 23rd, but I meant uh, it's uh, not that I, I didn't. I, I said that I thought it was taking place February 23rd, but uh, that's wrong. They did not give a date. They said they're shooting for February of 2024 uh, for the for the Usyk fight. Usyk is you know uh, is in panic mode because you know he he watched Tyson Fury. Um, uh, not look that good against Nagano. He knows how much the fans want to see the rematch. And at the end of the day, we all know that boxing is about the do-re-mi. So, uh, you know, does as much as all of us, true boxing fans, want to see Usyk Tyson Fury so that we could have a unified champion, um, I wouldn't be surprised if... If, you know, Tyson Fury and Nagano uh, step in the ring again uh, because it'll bring huge dollars and the uh, pay-per-views would be uh, through the roof. I haven't heard any actual numbers released. I've heard as low as 10,000 um, and as high as 50,000. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes on that. But the biggest rumor coming out of the Tyson Fury camp is that... Um, He's having a hard time 
with the way this fight went mentally. Now, we all know that Tyson Fury has had some little bit of mental uh, problems in, in the past, um, and he's having a hard time with it. He's having a hard time with the negativity that's been floating around, um, you know, and he's, and he's saying to the people closest around him that he just simply can't concentrate on training for Usyk. That's a problem. I mean, uh, you know, he says all that's on his mind, uh, I was told that he's saying that's all that's on his mind is to have a rematch with Nagano, that he wants to set the record straight, that he wants to perform the way he thought that he was going to be able to perform. Uh, he admits he, he underestimated Nagano. Um, you know, uh, you know, top rank has, has uh, reinforced the statement that the rematch um, I mean, the uh, the fight for Usyk is on, uh, that the rematch would take place after that. Uh, but again, uh, Tyson Fury, uh, uh, you know, having a hard time getting past Nugano. Listen, in my humble opinion, Tyson Fury needs to suck it up, man. He needs to move forward. He needs to concentrate on Usyk 110% and fight Usyk in February. You know, he needs the best. He, he has to be the best he can be against Usyk. And end the story, you know. Um, you know, as as far as Nagano, you know, I mean, look, there's some big names out there that could, Nagano could make some big money, and it will not affect the rematch with Tyson Fury. Even if Nagano loses, you know, he could fight uh, Wilder or Anthony Joshua or Ruiz Jr. All of those guys uh, are looking uh, to fight him. Uh, and a Jagba, you know, a safe fight for Nagano, for Nagano might be uh, F.A. a Jagba or even Frank Sanchez. You know, um, I, I, look, you know, I, if if Tyson Fury lost to Usyk, okay, um, you know, I, I, he still gets to fight with Nagano. Look, the Nagano Tyson Fury rematch is going to happen at some point. It's going to happen. You know, and, and whether it happens sooner or later, it's going to generate a lot of money only because of the way it went the first time. Tyson Fury's in a good position right now as far as that fight and making, you know, uh, generational changing dollars. You know, if Tyson Fury cares about his legacy, which, you know, right now is a pretty damn good one, um, you know, he sucks it up and concentrates on Usyk and fights and beats Usyk. You know, and I, again, like I said last week, if, if I'm Tyson Fury and I beat Usyk and I unify the titles, I don't need to fight Nagano. On the record books, it's a win. And I'm I, I, if I'm Tyson Fury, I walk away right then. I mean, I, you know, uh, there's nothing left for him to prove. And especially if he beats Usyk and he beats him convincingly, stops him or something like that, um, or beats the hell out of him for 12 rounds, which I honestly don't see happening, but... Do see him uh, possibly beating uh, Usyk. Um, it's it. It's over. That's what people are going to remember, right? So, and uh, speaking of the heavyweights, um, you know, I, I do believe that Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, is the fight that could generate a, a lot of money, and it could uh, potentially end the loser's career. Uh, and catapult the winner to another shot at the winner of Usyk uh, Fury. Uh, so I, I, I do believe that that fight should happen. Um, now, Wilder. Now, I've always, anybody that's ever watched this show knows I'm not a big fan of Deontay Wilder. 
Um, and, you know, the, the, he, he was quoted as saying, actually, I, I saw this today, uh, that everybody's saying that Fury lost and boxing needs Deontay Wilder back. Now, now when he says everybody, maybe he means everybody with the name Deontay Wilder because, um, you know, I, truthfully, how many more times does Tyson Fury have to beat the shit out of Deontay Wilder? I, I mean, look, they fought three times, right? Uh, you know, on the record books, it was uh, a draw and two wins for Tyson Fury. In Billy C's record book, he won all three times, okay? Um, he, he basically beat the living shit out of Deontay Wilder twice, and the third time was a little closer. And the only reason why uh, Wilder got that draw uh, was because Tyson Fury got up from that bomb uh, that uh, that put him down. That, that uh, most people watching that fight thought he was killed, you know. But um, again, uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, Anthony Joshua is is a good fight. Uh, even Wilder Naganu, you know. See, see that fight kind of interests me. Naganu against Deontay Wilder, and you know, I, I tell you the truth. I got to lean towards Nagano in that fight, you know? And and, and the, the, look, Tyson Fury does not hit as hard as Deontay Wilder, okay? He doesn't. Let, let's be real. I mean, I'm not a fan of Wilder at all, but the guy has freakish power. But that's all he has. He's got no footwork. He, 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 I saw him throw a few jabs in one of his fights, I think. Uh, but he's just awkward. And he's got a good chance because his punches come from all these crazy uh, effed up uh, angles that uh, he's got a good chance of laying a power shot on Nugano. Now, the question is, can Nugano take that shot? You know, Nugano's never been down in any uh, combat sports uh, match ever. Um, you know, and, you know, could he take a shot from Deontay Wilder? I know damn well that if Nuganu connected with Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder would wake up and uh, he would wonder where he is because, uh, you know, Nuganu has a hell of a lot more power uh, than, uh, than Tyson Fury. And we all saw what Tyson Fury did. And uh, nothing for nothing, but if you remember uh, back when uh, Steve USS Cunningham fought uh, uh, Tyson Fury, uh, he rocked the hell out of him with uppercuts. And Naganu uh, has uh, uh, a pretty sneaky uppercut uh, himself. And I believe that uh, that could get in uh, to Wilder. Wilder, the way he delivers punches sometimes, a smart fighter. Like, I, I always imagine if Mike Tyson uh, in his prime fought Deontay Wilder and how quickly he would knock out Deontay Wilder because he would be able to get in under those shots and because Wilder, you know, has uh, no footwork and no boxing skill aside from his power punch, Tyson would destroy him. And I and I have a feeling Naganu could do the same. Uh, I would like to see that fight, um, but uh, but you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And by the way, you know when I when I saw this today, it, it kind of shocked me. I, I, do you realize that that. Uh, uh, Deontay Wilder hasn't fought since uh, October of, of last year uh, when he fought Robert Helinas. Um, you know, I, I, for a guy that talks as much crap as, as Wilder, 
he certainly I mean I get it you know he's 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 at that point in his his career where you know he's only looking for these big fights um and uh you know he himself uh said that uh you know he wants to talk to to Anthony Joshua because let's face it the Anthony Joshua and uh Deontay Wilder fight is big it's good for the sport of boxing um, and it's big for both of those guys. Now, if you remember, they had a falling out uh, during negotiations when they were going to fight uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, both pointing the fingers at each other, and Anthony Joshua vowed to never uh, give him the opportunity to fight. Now, you know, you wonder, uh, is he not giving him the opportunity because Anthony Joshua himself, who I used to be a big fan of, uh, has demonstrated that he takes some shots and he too has a glass jaw similar to Deontay. Uh, but he said the reasons he's not going to give Deontay Wilder a fight is the financial reasons about the money that these two guys could make. I mean, there was rumors at the time when they were both uh, uh, at the top of the game. They could have walked away uh, with, you know, $80 million each. Um, and I don't know if the, they could generate that kind of uh, money now, but they could certainly generate uh, the interest, that's for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, one other fighter that you got to sprinkle into the mix here, um, although, you know, I look at him as a contender, he does have one of those regular belts, um, and that's Zili Zhang. Uh, he, he's looking for a big money fight. I mean, this poor guy, you know, he's paid his dues. He's in his 40s. Uh, you know, he, uh, uh, he, he won uh, his last fight, uh, and... Uh, you know, I think that, you know, and and he won the fight before, too. Uh, incidentally, they were against the same guy, Joe Joyce. Um, and, you know, he's in line for a big fight. As a matter of fact, he's the mandatory WBO uh, challenger for Usyk's belt because he's got the WBO belt. But all the sanctioning bodies are uh, given room for... Uh, for Usyk to fight Fury for a unification fight, and then they'll split it all up like they usually do uh, with the uh, mandatories. But uh, Zhang says uh, he'll fight Anthony Joshua. Now, this fight allegedly was going to take place earlier uh, in in uh, the, both of their careers, and it never materialized. And, you know, I, this was something that got me thinking because Zhang was saying, look, you know, uh, rumors has it that, that uh, Eddie Hearn is talking about a potential fight between uh, Zhang and Anthony Joshua they've talked about it in the past as a matter of fact Zhang was in uh, under the, the, the blanket of, uh, of Eddie Hearn for a little while and they talked about having that fight um, and uh, never materialized well now the rumors again and uh, Zhang just said look send me a contract and I'll sign it and we'll make this fight happen and you know it got me thinking because there's a lot of fights that Eddie Hearn says that are going to happen, and then they don't happen. You know, is this his M.O.? Is it becoming his M.O.? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I like uh, Eddie Hearn, and, and, I, th and I think he's uh, uh, good for the sport, but, you know, Zhang might, uh, might have something there. Um, so, Charlo brothers, right? Jamal Charlo, uh, we, we all know Jamel Charlo, uh, I do give him credit for stepping up uh, two weight classes and fighting uh, Canelo. I didn't give him a chance in hell. And then watching the fight, uh, apparently he didn't think he had a chance in hell either because he didn't even fight. Uh, and they had the balls to make that a pay-per-view. But Jermall, who uh, is fighting, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jose Benavidez, 
um, for, I, I think he's putting his uh, WBC middleweight title on the line. I mean, he's he's had it for, uh, he hasn't fought in, in, in more than two years, and the WBC still uh, let him keep his title. Um, and, and he's talking about destroying Jose Benavidez Jr., and then wanting to move up and, and take uh, take on David Benavidez. Um, did you ever see such, uh, you know, frauds in boxing as the Charlo brothers? I haven't. These two guys, I mean, the shtick that they have is that they're twins. And, you know, I loved Canelo when he said, I don't care which one I'm fighting. They both look the same. Put either one of them in there and I'll kick the shit out of him. And, and he did. But, um you know, the Charlo brothers are, to me, the best example of Al Heyman and the PBC. These are guys that are, are garbage, okay? The Charlo brothers are garbage. I, I got into a conversation with somebody. I, I think it was my man, Augie, from Riverhead, Long Island. Uh, give Augie a shout-out and his son, who uh, uh, watched the show. And uh, I talked to uh, uh, Augie frequently, uh, one-on-one. He, he calls me. Uh, and we, we chat, and uh, this is a guy that's uh, devastated with what's happening with the sport of boxing and the fact that it's just not around anymore uh, the way it used to be. Um, and, you know, I, I think he thought that Char- one of the Charlo brothers was, was good. I, I don't. I don't. They didn't fight anybody. Um, yes, they come, and they're in shape, but they're punks to me. They're, they're, they're total punks. Uh, I believe one of them talk some smack to um, uh, what, what fighter was it in the in, uh, uh, in Madison Square Garden they passed each other in in the hallway uh, downstairs leading up to a fight Daniel Jacobs I believe it was Daniel Jacobs and you know somebody was one of the Charlo brothers was talk, probably probably Jamal because he's the middleweight and uh, talked a little smack to 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 Daniel Jacobs and Daniel Jacobs got in his face it was like Dude, let's go. You know, let's sign the contract. And Charlo backed right down. And the reason he backed right down is because he's garbage. He's a he's a scam. He's a built up. You know, he's like uh, he's like the old time fight. Is a uh, you know you know what he reminds me of uh, people that are old enough to remember watching the Brady Bunch. Yeah, you know, I'm that old. Uh, you know, there was an episode where where they took the the, the oldest brother, whatever, Greg. And uh, he fit the suit, so they signed him to this big uh, record contract, and he thought who, who he was, right? But the truth of the matter was is he fit the suit that they had. And, uh, you know, they, they changed everything around. And, well, that's the Charlo brothers, in my opinion. Yeah, they fit the bill. You know, they're, they're, they're in shape. you got to give them credit. They're always in shape. Uh, but, man, do they talk smack. And uh, they just don't back it up. You know, that's the thing that's synonymous with the PBC fighters and anybody under Al Heyman. They all talk shit and none of them back it up. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, so Oscar De La Hoya, you know, I was wondering about Oscar De La Hoya. And, uh, uh, you know, he uh, he went public this past week. Um, saying to the PBC fighters, speaking of the BBC, PBC, come on, let's make some good fights happen. You know, you could say what you want about Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy. But, you know, I, I, I give Oscar a lot of credit. As a fighter, even though he had his uh, demons, uh, even though uh, uh, one of them was fishing at stockings, but, uh, I mean, look, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, 
was the golden boy uh, when he was a boxer. And, and, you know, he fought everybody. Nobody can, you know, listen, now you look back at Oscar De La Hoya's career and nobody could say that he didn't fight everybody because he did. And uh, you could also make the argument that he beat Floyd Mayweather. It was his own corner that lost that fight if, you know, uh, Floyd actually won it. I mean, on paper, he obviously won it. But um, you could say, oh, no, you know, uh, Oscar won the fight. I've never heard, well, I heard it one other time, and that guy lost too, uh, a corner saying, oh, you won the fight, you know, coast, take it easy, you know, don't do anything stupid. You know, you never do that in the sport of boxing, especially with the way the judges are, you know. I mean, uh, you know, they're like Mr. Magoo. Remember Mr. Magoo? Uh, well, you probably don't, but he couldn't see. But anyway, uh, he's saying, hey, for all the PBC fighters out there, let's make some good fights. And I give him, uh, I give him credit. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, De La Hoya has been vocal about uh, Al Heyman and the fact that Al Heyman doesn't uh, let his fighters, his PBC fighters, fight other pro- fighters under promotional contracts. Um, very rarely do they. And um, I think it hurt the sport. You know, people, when, when P- the PBC hit the scene, you know, it, it, was, it was a bait and switch. I called it back then. Go back and watch some of the shows. You know, Al Hayman was, oh, free boxing, free boxing. Remember, it was on Fox. It was on CBS, I believe, there was a fight. Uh, you know, and it was like, oh, yeah, we're bringing it back, bringing it back. You know, and, and he tried to build up some of the fighters, and he did. Got some uh, fans following him. Next thing you know, they're all pay-per-view. Now his, uh, his golden child, Showtime, and uh, uh, to tell you the truth, I— Look, for the sport of boxing, I'm I'm kind of bummed that, you know, Showtime's leaving uh, the sport of boxing. But for boxing, I'm glad because Mario Ranallo, uh was the, the worst uh, play-by-play guy or blow-by-blow guy in the sport. He ruined the broadcast. I couldn't watch the broadcast when he was on. I would mute it. You know, poor Al Bernstein, who's one of the greatest boxing uh commentators this sport has ever seen and what a great guy if you've never met him personally i mean i you know i we got stuck uh one time at the at the international boxing hall of fame in in a car that got lost trying to find a hotel but uh he's uh he's he's a great guy and and every time i watch him on this broadcast you know i he he would never say it because he's such a company guy. But man, I could see his his blood curdle. I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. And then Abnamares. I mean, uh, you know, I I don't know. Uh, listen, it's a good thing that uh, that Showtime's leaving uh, boxing uh, just so we can get rid of Ronaldo. I mean, uh, what a clown he was. He he was a, you know, I, I I had heard that he came from the WWE, and that fits him. And he 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 kind of took that and was making that into boxing, <coughs> which I thought was uh, uh, crazy. Now speaking of networks, um, you know, uh, well, just to close out on the PBC, uh, Al Heyman, um, the Mystery Man, he's uh, reportedly uh, trying to uh, get some deals um, with uh, Amazon Prime Video and the Zone. It'd be interesting to see, you know, because the uh, uh, Zone. Um, you know, when they burst out onto the scene, you know, I thought that they were going to be the, the future of boxing. It seems like Eddie Hearn kind of snuggled up and jumped in bed with them. 
Uh, but it would be interesting to see if the zone starts, you know, um, offering this, their streaming service to any promoter and not lock up with one, you know, because like I mentioned earlier, ESPN has seemingly uh, jumped into bed with, with, with top rank and you don't really see anybody else. The only other promoter that has kind of been on multiple uh, platforms was Oscar, Oscar De La Hoya. So I'm hoping good things for Oscar and B-Hop. You know, I got a picture right here in my office slash studio of me and B-Hop in Vegas um, at one of those, uh, at, at, at a Canelo fight. I believe it was the Canelo-Kovalev fight, and uh, we had a good time. If you've never watched uh, that show uh, live from Las Vegas, we did several of them. Um, you should check them out. They're, they're real good. The interviews with uh, uh, Bernard Hopkins and Oscar De La Hoya and Ryan Garcia were all uh, all, all good. There was a bunch of other people, too, so, so check it out. Uh, Kathy Duva, my girl. I, I love Kathy Duva. She, she, you know, we, we had her on, too. So um, Anyway, speaking of networks, there's a rumor uh, going around that Netflix, and I want to... I wanna, I'll give a shout out to my man Coach, who who actually turned me on to this article that I didn't see anywhere else uh, this morning, and uh, kudos to to Coach. I, I I'm up every day by three a.m. You know I I, I don't uh, I don't sleep uh, that well anymore. But I, I am in bed early. But uh, uh, but the but the, the 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 funny thing is is that um, he he turned me on to this article that I I read and ah. Uh, um, I got a comment. I just I saw this by my man Kevin in the uh, chat room. He says, hey, uh, basically saying to me, be careful, because when you start criticizing Al Heyman and the PBC, next thing you know, they're going to bring the race card in. They're going to call me racist, which is so true, man. I I'll never forget um, one of the reasons I stopped doing this show was I had gotten an email from somebody because I was talking shit about Floyd Mayweather and how he you know, uh, call, we all know cherry picked his way. Um, and, uh, I, I, I basically flat out, I, I just never was a, a fan of Floyd Mayweather. To me, I, I personally think that he, he ruined this sport because, and when I say that, I mean, because he was so successful, I'm not taking any of his success away, but because of his success, now a lot of young fighters try to emulate it, and the end result is what we see. Nobody wants to fight anybody. They just want a title. Well, I got this email, and the guy was calling me a racist just because, just because I didn't like Floyd Mayweather. And I'm saying to myself, how, you know, how ridiculous is that? You know, if, if you want to call me a racist because I don't like any black fighter, then that's justifiable, right? But you can't say that. All my favorite fighters, most of them, I mean, Jack Dempsey and Rocky Marciano, they weren't. Uh, uh, black fighters, but all my other favorites. Sonny Liston, my favorite. Mike Tyson. You know, I wrote a book about a, a freed slave and and the and the justice, the injustice that was done to him, and w how I w am trying to fight for the justice. And uh, this guy had the balls to, to say I was racist just because I don't like Floyd Mayweather. You know, it's it's kind of funny. But uh, shout out to my man Kevin because he hit it on the head. But anyway, um, Netflix uh, is. Uh, uh, R rumored to be wanting to get into um, broadcasting boxing, live boxing events. Now, when Netflix hit the scene several years back, I, we reached out and tried to get uh, this show on Netflix, and they said, no, we're never going to get into sports <coughs> because of the um, logistics of, of bringing a live sporting event. Um, well, now I guess 
the logistics are, are easier for them, and uh, they want it. Now, you would think that the guy that you would want to jump into bed with as far as a fighter in the sport of boxing, if you're going to be new onto the scene of broadcasting fights, would be Canelo Alvarez, right? I mean, Canelo Alvarez is the big draw, right? No. They're talking about, and, and this not only saddens me, it, it makes me sick. They're talking about Jake Paul. And now Jake Paul is being referred to as the YouTube professional boxer, the YouTuber professional boxer, okay? Now, nobody can argue that Jake Paul brings viewers. He's bringing this new uh, generation of viewers to the sport of boxing, but they're not genuine boxing fans. And this is what, what hurts me because, I, you know, I just feel that the sport of boxing, and I talked about this last week, the sport of boxing, you know, is the only sport that I believe that every fan needs to know the history. They don't need to be a historian <coughs> and be able to have a, a conversation about, you know, any era of boxing. I, I mean, I love when I can talk to somebody and start getting into, you know, uh, Jack Johnson and, and, and then, you know, Jack Dempsey and start talking about, you know, all, all the fighters and, you know, uh, you got, you know, Sugar Ray Robinson and Jake LaMotta and just the, the history uh, of the sport. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I love it. You know, I can go on and on and on, and it, it helps me, you know, remember all of the stuff that I've I've learned when I'm talking to somebody about it. But but this generation, the Jake Paul fans, they don't care. They're, they're, they're looking at what they see right now, and that's all that they care about. But at the end of the day, it brings viewers, right? And that's why Netflix. But they did say they would want to go after Canelo as soon as his contract with Paramount Plus is up. So maybe you're going to start seeing some fights uh, on, uh, on Netflix. And it doesn't surprise me that Amazon Prime would do it. I just hope they don't jump into bed with Al Heyman because, you know, the PVC fighters, because they don't fight... Uh, other promotion, uh, other fighters under different promotional contracts, um, they just don't have the talent, and they don't want to beat each other up. So they, you know, they'll pull in uh, some slug uh, to fight. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that uh, uh, unfolds. Um, last week I talked about uh, some big fights that are coming up. Um, there's one next week. Now it's on Thursday the 16th, Shakur Stevenson against Edwin D. Los Santos. Um, you know, I, I like the fight, and I, I actually was considering uh, breaking it down a little bit today, but we'll have time next week uh, prior to the fight, so I'll break it down then. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a, a fight preview, uh, and then uh, after this show you can uh, get ready and, and watch it. It will be on ESPN and I do think it's going to be a, a decent fight. Shakira Stevenson, uh, I remember uh, when Larry Hazard used to come on my show uh, every every uh, week, he uh, he spoke highly of Shakira when he was still in the amateurs. He, he said on this show, you know, watch out for this kid, watch out for this kid, and uh, it, it came true. Uh, so uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, one last thing I, I, I want to mention, I know that uh, – um, you know, we're getting to the end here, but, uh, you know, I, I happen to have noticed 
um, a uh, all-time pound-for-pound rankings that BoxRec put out. And when they first put it out, I, I said to myself, oh, my God, this is this is ridiculous. I mean, you know, what the hell, you know? And, and we get it. You know, I mean, you know how BoxRec works with the computerized, uh, the the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy, you know? And, and, and that's correct. You know, I, I like that. Um, but I think what turned me off about when I saw the top 10 all time, pound for pound, number one was, I agree with 100%, Sugar Ray Robinson. I mean, um, Sugar Ray Robinson was the best fighter uh, ever to lace on a, a pair of boxing gloves, and, and there'll never be uh, another, uh, another one like him. But their number two, pound for pound, all time, was Floyd Mayweather. And I freaked out when I saw that, okay? Because I don't even have Floyd Mayweather in uh, my top... Uh, uh, he's in my top 25 all-time greats, okay? Um, only because... Uh, you know, you got to give credit what credit's due, but I don't have him above Manny Pacquiao, um, even though he beat Pacquiao. Um, you know, I, um, I, I'm going to answer a question here. They said, why did Larry quit the show? Larry didn't quit the show. He started doing some, uh, some commentary for the PBC, and I believe uh, it was a conflict of interest. And um, he uh, he stopped coming on, and you know, it, yeah. Listen, in in life, sometimes you got to do what's best for you, you and your family. And obviously, uh, we weren't in a position to financially reward my man Larry. Uh, but uh, but I, you know, listen, Larry and I became good friends, um, and uh, I I miss him, and I can't wait till I see him again, and hopefully, I'm going to be seeing him uh, soon. So, um, but Floyd Mayweather is ranked number two on Box Rex all time pound for pound, which I, I just don't understand, you know, especially when you, you know, take the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy mentality. Now, this is where you could put an asterisk with him because he did fight some big names. It's you don't know how the computer recognizes a big name at the time of the fight. In other words, uh, you know, if Floyd Mayweather stepped in the ring today uh, and he fought, you know, one of these young fighters and he lost, um, you know, does that fighter get the credit for beating Floyd Mayweather, who's, uh, uh, you know, ranked number two pound for pound all time by BoxRec? Do they get the same power of beating him, even though he's 100 years old now, you know? Um, I don't know how that works with that. But I certainly don't think that he's in the top 10. Um, I'll read you the top 10 that BoxRec has. They have Sugar Ray Robinson, number one. Floyd Mayweather, which I think is a joke, at number two. Jimmy McLaren at number three. That one kind of shocked me. But when you look at his record, and I and I and because I went and dissected all these records afterwards, and I'm saying, to myself, okay, you know, you, McLaren, you know, I, I mean, I forgot about all the guys that he fought. Manny Pacquiao, number four. See, now I would, I would have him above Floyd. I still wouldn't have them up there. But now you start, when you get to number five, you start getting some of these fighters that deservedly should be in the all-time top ten pound for pound. You know, uh, Henry Armstrong. You know, I mean, truthfully, he should be up there. Um, 
you know, maybe even at number two. You know, they have Carlos Monzon at number six. Carlos Monzon was a great um, uh, fighter. There's no question uh, about Monzon. Um, but, I, 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 you know, pound for pound, do we just look at who they beat? I mean, you know, pound for pound, when, when they came up with the pound for pound, the theory is exactly what it sounds like. You know, that you keep all your attributes, all your skill set, okay, and any deficiencies that you have, and you take them to the next uh, weight division, whether it's going up or going down. And I'm not so sure Carlos Monzon had as much boxing talent as a Sugar Ray Robinson, or or even, and, and I know people are going to be shocked at what I'm going to say, I'm not even sure... You know, that you could put him in the same uh, conversation with Floyd Mayweather. Don't get me wrong about Floyd Mayweather. I think Floyd Mayweather had uh, all the skill. My hang up with Floyd is I don't believe we've actually got to see the best Floyd because he was so careful at who he fought. He never really tested himself, you know, um, and that's what I hold against Floyd. That's it. Um, they have uh, Tony Canzanori at number seven. Carlos Ortiz at number eight, Roberto Duran at number nine, and um, the marvelous one, Marvin Hagler at number 10. Now, Roberto Duran, um, you know, when I was younger, I, I never really cared much for Duran. But the, but the older I got and the more I, I started appreciating, you know, um, specific fights and stuff, Roberto Duran started rising in my mind, uh, and I, I really uh, accepted and appreciated his greatness. As a matter of fact, I was like a lot of other people who, you know, looked at um, Roberto Duran from the Sugar Ray Leonard era on, um, and that's wrong because if you really want to see the true great Roberto Duran, you got to look at him prior to his fights with Sugar Ray uh, Leonard because – Roberto Duran as a lightweight um, was fantastic. I mean, this guy was, I mean, if you've never seen, watch the Kenny Buchanan fight, you know. I mean, if you've never seen him in his prime, and, and remember something, he, he was way past his prime when he fought Sugar Ray Leonard, okay. So uh, I, I think Roberto Duran actually could be higher uh, Marvin Hagler, I mean, he was just a beast uh, for the middle, middleweight division. And I was, I was talking to a, a guy recently, Dave, and uh, we were talking about um, uh, the middleweights. And uh, uh, he brought up, um, oh, gosh, uh, now I'm going blank. Um, but uh, uh, eh, I just lost my train of thought. See, that's what happens when you uh, get old. Uh, but uh, it'll come to me right in, out of the blue here in a second. But some guys that aren't on the list that should be. Harry Greb, why isn't he there? You know, I mean, uh, you know, why isn't uh, uh, Harry Greb uh, in the all-time pound-for-pound uh, -pound top 10? You know, I, I mean, I would substitute him right now for number two at uh, Floyd Mayweather or, or move Henry Armstrong up to number two and maybe have uh, Harry Greb at, at number three. Stanley Ketchell. He's another one that's not in the top 10. Um, Stanley Ketcher was a middleweight. Uh, we all know the story. He was a shot in the kitchen because uh, he was uh, getting a little something, something from somebody's wife, and the husband came home and uh, shot him, you know. But, but what you don't remember 
Uh, people remember him fighting uh, uh, Jack Johnson and, and, you know, Jack Johnson uh, getting pissed and, you know, having his Ketchel's uh, uh, tooth in his glove and all that stuff. But he was a middleweight, and he was a young guy. He When when he was killed, he, he was in his 20s, early 20s. You know, so you say to yourself, geez, what, what could he, he accomplish so much? What could he have done if, if, if he lived another five years in boxing? You know, I mean, uh, so, so Stanley Ketchel should be in that list. Um, I, you know, Rocky Marciano always loved Lou Ambers. Did you ever look into that? Lou Ambers could have possibly have been uh, in this list. Um, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, I mentioned, uh, you know, guys like that. And, and, and another guy that I, I would put in there, even though the pound for pound list was not ever intended for heavyweights, but Jack Johnson, um, you know, was a guy that was way ahead of his time. You know, people compare him when you read about the description of how he fought and, um, uh, during his era, you know, and, and how it was a rough and tumble uh, uh, sport in, in that time. He was so polished for, for the early 1900s that when you read the descriptions of his fights and, and how he was just toying with his opponents, you know, it reminds me defensively of, of Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, a guy that big, and, and, you know, he was big in his day, but he was only six foot I think six, little, slightly less than six foot one, um, and he was considered a monster uh, in his day. I mean, he could be uh, in the pound for pound all time uh, uh, top ten. And, and then I, I ask myself, do you think a, a guy like uh, uh, Canelo or or Terence Crawford will will ever be on this list uh, with with box rec? Um, you know, I, I think so. You know, I, I think Canelo deserves credit because he has fought uh, everyone. And uh, Terrence Crawford, you know, I was a Terrence Crawford fan long before people realized how good he was. And I used to, on this show, I used to get uh, comments that he was overrated and, he, you know, he wasn't good and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, people forget that Terrence Crawford was brought in on the B side, you know. And, uh, you know, he, he won. He upset uh, he, he he was upsetting fighters. Uh, people didn't think he was that good because he came from Omaha, Omaha Nebraska. You know, it's a perfect guy. He's from Nebraska, and uh, he's got an undefeated record. Let's bring him in. And next thing you know, he knocks the snot out of the guy and, you know, kept doing it. And finally, somebody woke up and said, hey, maybe we should put him on the A side. The problem with uh, Terrence Crawford up until just recently, the guy never really got the money fights that he deserved. And I believe he was with the wrong promoter. Um, nothing against top rank, but <clears throat> excuse me, I think that he was with the wrong promoter. Now he's willing, you know, he, he's talking about uh, moving up to fight Canelo. You know, I, people saying, oh, no, Canelo will kill him. You know what? Don't underestimate this guy, Terrence Crawford. And I say that because Terrence Crawford is one of these guys that, you know, he's so respectful and everything. I, I mean, he's the kind of guy I would love to hang out with. Um, but I wouldn't want to fight him in the ring because there's a light switch on with Terrence Crawford and he becomes a mean son of a bitch in that ring. And, uh, you know, that's an attribute that, you know, you don't teach. That's something that you just, it's innate. It's something that you, you, you have. And uh, not many fighters have it. And he has it. And when you have that attribute, you know, uh, you're a tough out. 
And, uh, you know, it just seems that when he puts his mind to something, it happens. I mean, I can't remember any fight that he was in that he was in trouble. I, I mean, I could, I could think of it. I just can't. I mean, this his last fight against Errol Spence, I mean, everybody thought Errol Spence was going to beat him. You know, I mean, oh, Errol Spence is too big. Oh, he's too good. He's too. I never liked Errol Spence. PBC fighter. There you go. You know, PBC fighter. Overrated. You know, uh, everybody believes the press clippings, including the fighter. And, uh, you know, Terrence Crawford, <laughs> we all saw what he did to him. You know, I predicted exactly what happened in that fight. Go and, go and check it out. I said that it was not going to be a competitive fight, that Terrence Crawford was going to destroy him. You know, I said it. Uh, I figured that it would take him, you know, eight rounds, nine rounds, you know. Uh, uh, but, I, you know, I wasn't expecting him to, to throw a beat down the way he did as quickly as he did. But it shows you, you know, who it is. He might have ended uh, Spence's career. And Spence was so much bigger than him, you know. So, uh, uh, anyway. Um, so, uh, in conclusion with the uh, all-time pound-for-pound uh, pound, uh, rankings, um, you know, I, I do believe Harry Greb definitely has to be there. And I think Stanley Ketchell deserves uh, to be in the mix uh, as well. Um, but, uh, but anyway, the rest of the list, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with. And uh, somebody here says, uh, uh, you know, not to put uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, in the pound for pound. Now I'm not saying that he's a top 10, but he's definitely an all time pound for pound. And you know what? The thing about Sugar Ray Leonard that I think that you have to give him credit is he too was, he was a smart fighter. You know, we all know that the Hagler fight and stuff, and he, he knew when to fight him, but this was a guy that, that took on all challenges too, Sugar Ray Leonard. And, um, you know, I, I believe he deserves, uh, the credit there. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, listen, I appreciate you joining me tonight and, uh, hopefully, uh, you'll come back, uh, you know, spread the word. Uh, we do want to, uh, uh, you know, continue doing this thing. And, uh, I got a, a couple of shows lined up, uh, for the rest of the year. We do have a special one coming up in December, uh, which I'll talk more about, uh, as we get closer. Uh, but, uh, it's going to be, uh, it'll be fun. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll take it as it comes. But uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, and until next time, uh, make sure you tune in to this show next week. Same time, uh, same channel. And it's also the same bat time and same bat channel. Huh? Huh? I forgot about that. But uh, until then, ciao, baby.